Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for August 23rd, 2023. My name is Chris, I'm your host. It's a parade inside my city, yeah! They wrote me off, I ain't right back though. That's the problem. All right, right back. Let's go. And on today's episode, we're going to be going over the rumors that the Cowboys could potentially be addressing their offensive line depth via trade. And we're also going to be going over what I saw from the defensive side of the ball when it comes to the all 22 view of the game. I watch both the cartel view and the wide view. So we're going to be going over that. Uh, but before we get in the episode, guys, uh, if you haven't already, like if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like the video. The last podcast that I posted, we got 120 views. We only got one like. If there is a problem that you have with the podcast, let me know in the comment section below so that I can properly address that and assess uh, if you have a problem with the podcast. If not, and you're enjoying the content, please make sure to show your support because that would be greatly appreciated. I put in hours of work for you guys, and the only thing I'm asking is for you guys to like the video if you're watching this on YouTube and go on to the review section of uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a five-star review. I'm not even asking to for you to put in a in-depth review on the podcast. All I'm asking is just five stars, press it, and go on with your day. It really helps me out. I put in hours of work for you guys, watching the All-22, recording the podcast, editing it, getting it up there. And look, I work a full-time job as well. You know, like, well, yesterday I worked 10 hours in my full-time job. And, and then I'm up at three o'clock in the morning watching the All-22, getting the best content out for you guys. So if you guys could just take a millisecond of your time and just press that like button, that would be greatly appreciated. But without further ado, Get down, let's get down business. So the Cowboys could potentially be addressing their issue with the depth on the offensive line via trade. Now, look, I'm all for this, to be honest with you. I'm all for the Cowboys adding depth to this offensive line, whether it be through free agency, whether it be through a trade. To me, I think that they need to add two more guys to this offensive line for me to really feel comfortable, uh, you know, moving forward into this season. Because look, one thing that we know is that there are going to be injuries on this offensive line. Over the past few seasons, that's been the case with this offensive line. It's been like a, a revolving door of guys on this offensive line due to the fact that there's injuries, there's been suspensions over the last two years, and uh, we need to address this. Like We need to address the depth on the offensive line. We don't have the injury luck of, let's just say, a Philly to where it seems like their offensive linemen never get hurt. Our offensive linemen are, are missing games year after year. So they need to address this, and they need to address this in a serious fashion. And if it means going out and trading for somebody and getting somebody that we think could be a quality backup guy, then I'm all for this. They need to address this. Like This, to me, is the biggest problem on their team, you know, because... 
The main thing when it comes to your offense, one of the main things is protecting your quarterback. And if you have a slew of injuries on your offensive line, regardless of who it is, because, you know, depth problems on the offensive line is a league-wide issue. It's not just a Cowboys thing. But just because the rest of the league is dealing with it doesn't mean we have to deal with it. We can go out and try to address this in the best way that we possibly can, because The difference from us and a lot of other teams is we are in a Super Bowl window. This team can win the Super Bowl this year. Like That's just the the reality. This team can win the Super Bowl. So because of that, you cannot deal with problems that other teams are dealing with Like because most teams are not at the level that you are. So you need to aggressively address this issue. Like I said, I cannot stand the Eagles. Fuck that team. I hate everything about that team. But one thing I will say is when they have a problem, they aggressively address the problem. They go out and sign multiple guys to address the problem that they have. And I hope that the Cowboys go about this the same way. I think that they have two guys that I would feel comfortable with if they had to go into the game. I would feel comfortable with Awesome Richards if he had to if he had to go in the game. I feel comfortable with TJ Bass if he has to go to the game, but it's not necessarily ideal. I would prefer if they had one more guy ahead of them. And I'm sure that there are guys, uh, you know, backup uh, offensive linemen or surplus offensive linemen. Because here's the thing, right? Every team has surplus at a certain position, you know, and, and this is kind of what, like, let's just say, for example, the Cowboys are deep at defensive end and there's a team that might have surplus on the offensive line that says, huh, okay, we need, we need guys, uh, that can play defensive end. Well, we got a guy here. Let's just say Dorrance Armstrong, for example. We'll trade you Dorrance Armstrong for your, you know, backup left tackle because you have multiple guys who could potentially play that role. I don't have a team off the top of my head, but I'm just saying, like, there are teams that have surplus on their offensive line. So because of that, you you kind of leverage your surplus and see if anybody else has surplus, and you kind of balance out the two things. So the Cowboys could definitely go about it like that. Jason Peters, I'm with it. I mean, I'm 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 fine with it. I don't mind bringing back Jason Peters. It's not my first, you know, plan of attack when it comes to addressing the depth on this offensive line. Dalton Reisner's a guy out there, you know, but here's the thing. I got to ask the question, why is he still a free agent right now? Is he a free agent because he's waiting for the best situation? Is, is he sitting back and saying, what is the best situation for me this upcoming year? Uh, is is he taking some time off? Like, what is he doing? Is he a problem in the locker room? Like, why is he still a free agent? You know, we kind of have to ask that question before we, you know, stand on the hill and say the Cowboys need to go sign Dalton Reisner or they need to go sign Andrew Norwell. Why are these guys still free agents? But my thing is, regardless of why they're free agents or not, I still believe that they're way better than what you have on your team already. They're way, I, I think they're way better than Josh Ball. They're better than Matt Woletsko, you know, whatever backup left tackle there is. I would assume that they're better than Matt Woletsko. I would assume that they're better than Josh Ball. It's not a high bar to clear. So, I mean, if you go out there, you get a, you sign a guard and then you trade for a tackle, a backup tackle. I I think that the Cowboys could be cooking with something when it comes to the depth on their offensive line. Because then at that point, your backup guys are the two people that you acquired, Awesome Richards 
TJ Bass and Matt Forniak as the backup center. I feel good about that back. I, I feel good about the depth on the offensive line there are as good as I possibly can feel about the depth on that offensive line because ultimately it's not ideal when you're losing starters because I mean, look, Bad offensive lines are more common than you think. And like the Cowboys have a really good offensive line when they have their starting unit in, but it all depends on the health of that starting unit. So, you know, ultimately, this is the one thing that I'm kind of skeptical about going into the season. Everything else on this team, I feel really good about, but you know, a a bad offensive line can derail a lot of things. So uh, ultimately getting quality depth pieces. I mean, if you have to ask these guys to be starters, it's not like it's necessarily ideal, but at the same time, like injuries happen and you have to have the best guys that you could possibly have at your disposal for when those injuries happen. So Uh, You know, I'm all for the Cowboys addressing this in whatever way it may be. Just bring in guys that are better than the guys that you have. Let's get into this defense and what I saw. I want to go over a few players first. Let's go over Mozzie Smith. Okay, I understand that Mozzie Smith has not lived up to the expectations that some people have put on him this preseason, which is why I I think I might have said in a previous podcast, whatever Mozzie Smith can give you his first season, that's a plus. Because here's the thing, you do not draft guys solely for the purpose of them contributing year one. Luckily for the Cowboys, they are in a really good position. They were in a good position before the draft. So it makes sense for them to say, okay, this guy can provide us something year one. It might not be to the level of what we got from Tyler Smith and Micah Parsons. But to be honest with you, they weren't as like those rosters from the previous years when they drafted Parsons and when they drafted Smith, they needed these guys to contribute right away. And the reason why is because the roster was not as good as it is now. So when you go out and draft a guy, you can think, okay, he might not be super productive for us year one, but we believe in what he can do for us down the line. This is more of a three to four year pick than a one year pick. Now, every every pick is like that. Every pick you're thinking, okay, what can this guy do for us right now? But at the same time, you don't need Mozzie Smith to be a guy that comes in here and wrecks havoc right off the bat. You don't need him to be that. And when it comes to Mozzie Smith and when it comes to defensive tackles in general, I think people are going to be jaded because I think Jalen Carter will have a good rookie season. I think people are kind of overhyping this, the, the guy, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I see every single day, like people are like, he was in a fight at Brown's practice and they couldn't hold him back. He's going to be dominant in the league. Shut up. Relax. Okay. God, I'm I'm getting sick and tired uh, of going on, on Twitter and seeing, oh, he's going to be dominant because he's dominant in practice. Okay. I get it. He's going to, he's going to be a good player. Uh, but, but that's besides the point. That's just a little rant that I, that I had to go on. It's just really annoying to say. It's like every single day. He, he got depleted on this play. Oh my God. Shut up. You're annoying. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, look, defensive tackles take time to develop. We're seeing that with Osa right now. Osa's really starting to come into his own in his third year. Go look at Quinn and Williams. I think Quinn and Williams had two and a half sacks his rookie season. I think he played 13 games, so he missed three games. That was back when they were playing 16 games. But he, he had two and a half sacks his rookie season. So, you know, this position, it takes a little bit of time to develop. It's not something that you're going to see right away a lot a lot of the times. And especially when, he, when you look at a guy like Mozzie Smith, who he has tremendous traits 
And ultimately, like, yes, he is very strong for a 22-year-old. He's incredibly strong for a 22-year-old. There might not be a 22-year-old in the league as strong as Mozzie Smith. However, he's strong for a 22-year-old. He doesn't have grown man strength right now. And when you're going up against guys who have grown man strength, and on top of that, they have that technique that they've learned over the course of their career, they're going to have the upper hand on you to start your career. It might not be a great season for Mozzie Smith right off the bat. Like it might not. He might not have a, a great rookie season. But I can tell you this. I think that like you see some of the reps that he put on tape and he has good reps on tape. It's not just all bad. However, like, yes, we are a bit jaded due to the fact that we've had first round picks, CD Lamb, uh, Micah Parsons, Tyler Smith, these guys were hits right off the bat. These guys came in and performed right away. So I think that maybe the expectations that people have for Mozzie Smith are a bit high. And, uh, you know, it might not be one of those situations where he comes out and, and balls out in the first season. And I, I just don't see that being the case, to be honest with you. But that's fine. That's why you have other guys on this team. You weren't relying on this guy to be an all-star for you his in his first season. You know, like that's the thing, right? When you build a roster to the extent that the Cowboys have built their roster, a first-round pick like Mozzie Smith is a compliment to your roster. It's an addition. Like what what that defense did with bringing back all their guys this past season, I think they brought back all their guys but Carlos Watkins. So Mozzie Smith can only be an addition. He can't necessarily be a negative. You know what I'm saying? Like if he's a negative, he just won't play. You know, like you'll still have the same defensive line from last year who was really starting to show some progress when uh, Jonathan Hankins came in. Osa will take a step forward. So you'll automatically get better by the fact that you already brought back a majority of your defensive line on top of the fact that guys are going to get better. You know, like, so automatically your defensive line is better. And then if you add Mozzie Smith and he he can be a positive for you, then your defensive line is even more better than what it was last year. So that's something to take into consideration. I'm not panicking about Mozzie Smith. You know, we're here's the thing. He played a lot of reps the other day, which I'm all for. And I'm all for for this, right? I don't want Mozzie Smith going out there and playing 10 reps and calling in a game. You want to know why? Because there's not enough tape. You know, like when you put Mozzie Smith out there for 30, 40 reps a game, this does some good things for him. Like, like this is good for him. Getting that many reps is good for him because one, it helps with his conditioning. Two, you have more tape to dive into. Because you want to get as much data on this guy as you possibly can. You want to see where the the tendencies are. You want to see where the uh, like like what's happening on the reps that he's doing good on. How do we replicate that? What's going wrong on the reps that he's doing bad on? How do we make sure that we get that out of his game? And right now, to me, it's his footwork and his ball get off. I think that if he can fix those two things, he will be tremendous. Like and and. I think that another thing that he's he's doing right now is he's relying too much on his strength, which is fine. Like I I, I understand that he is a guy who has incredible traits. However, over the course of his career, he's going to have to move off that and realize that yes, I have strength, but man, if I add technique to go along with this strength and to go along with better footwork and to go along with the better ball get off, oh, I think he'll be absolutely incredible. 
I think he'll be incredible. You know, but just right now, that's not the player that we have on our team. And I, I think fans need to take a step back and realize that sometimes first round picks don't hit right away, especially at the defensive tackle position. And I know this is new for Cowboys fans because the Cowboys haven't drafted a defensive tackle in a very long time and they don't understand the natural progression of that posi- uh, position. Well, we, we've drafted one, but not in the first round. Like, again, Osa, for example, is having a very natural progression as a defensive tackle. Like you see his rookie season did some things. Second season improved on what he did from his rookie season. Now his third season, I think he's going to be even better. And I think he's going to start to break into that top 10 defensive tackle conversation this upcoming year. I just think that's what Osa is going to do. So again, that's a natural progression for a defensive tackle. So Mozzie Smith, you know, he, he might have an up and down season this upcoming year. And then I think his second season, he'll build, build upon what he did his first season. And then I think his third season, he'll build upon what he did his second season. And that's where I think you'll really start to see a return on your investment when it comes to Mozzie Smith. It's going to be in his second and third years that you're really going to start to see this. And maybe it starts to come at the, uh, by the end of his first season. And one thing, like one last thing on Mozzie Smith before I move on. I think that you're going to see Mozzie Smith be more effective as a pass rusher than a run defender this upcoming season. I know that might sound crazy to say, but hear me out when I say this. What is uh Mozzie's biggest problem right now? It's his ball get off. But when you're when you're in a pass rush situ- situation, you know, you're getting off the ball and you know what you're doing. Like when it's a first and 10 or a second and seven or whatever it may be, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. So when, when, when you get off the ball, you might have to be in run defense. When you get off the ball, you might have to pass rush. So when, when he knows what he's doing, where it's like, okay, I'm going to rush the passer. I'm going to get off the ball and I'm going to be in my uh, uh, pass rush uh, technique. I think that you're just getting a better product from him at this current moment. And I think to start off his career, I think you might see him be better in pass rush situations than running situations. I I know it sounds crazy to say due to the fact that we drafted this guy to be a run defender. So uh, that's my my take on Mozzie Smith. I think ultimately this guy is going to prove to be a really good draft pick. And even if he doesn't prove to be a really good draft pick, the intent behind what the Cowboys uh, did for this, you know, for for this pick, I can respect it. I can respect it because I honestly believe, like, when you look at the other guys on the board at that spot, who else were you going to draft? You guys didn't want to draft the tight end. You didn't want Michael Mayer. You, you know what, Nolan Smith. Okay, here's the thing with Nolan Smith. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. However, you already have enough pass rushers at as as it is. Already have enough pass rushers as it is. Two years, two drafts ago, you drafted Micah Parsons, who became an edge rusher. Last year in the second round, you drafted uh, Sam Williams, edge rusher. You paid Dorrance Armstrong last offseason. You have him this upcoming season. You re-signed Dante Fowler. You have Demarcus Lawrence on your team. I get it. You can't have enough pass rushers. However, how are you going to get your team in the situation to be able to rush the passer? By stopping the run on first and second down to get yourself in a position to let your pass rushers loose. And how do you how do you stop the run by getting guys who are adequate in run defense? And I think Mozzie Smith will ultimately be that. He might not be that to necessarily start off his career. You'll probably see a natural progression throughout the course of the season where he becomes better by week 13, 14, 15 than he is in week one, two, and three. 
It's just, I mean, that's the, the reality of the situation. Nobody around him was necessarily worth drafting over the guy. So, I mean, ultimately, I think that the pick will be fine. I think people are overreacting. Let's stay on defensive tackle, though. Oso Digizu, this guy, man. Oh, my God, man. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. Seriously, man. This guy is going to be a problem this upcoming season. A problem. You see this? I mean, like, he is a, a very good combination of speed and strength. Like, you saw that one uh, run rep that he had where he was um, uh, occupying that double team and moving forward. Like, he was moving these guys forward. And and again, like, when you have these bigger guards on the interior, Osa is so quick that he's able to get off the ball and, and make a really nice pass rush move on this guy. Or, you know, he's able to get off, get off the blocks quick and make a play in the backfield. Here's the thing I like about Oso Diyuzua. Everything is forward with him. It's not backwards. Because here's the thing, right? I don't want my defensive tackle getting pushed three yards down the field and then him shed off and make a tackle. That's a, a three to five yard gain right there. You know what I'm saying? I want my defensive tackles to be making plays at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. If, if you know... If they end up getting to that second level, then that's the linebacker's responsibility. I don't want my defensive tackle getting pushed back to the second level. I don't want that. I want my my uh, uh, defensive lineman, I said, I think. Yeah, just just clearing that up. I think I said linebacker, but it, it is what it is. Um, I want my lineman moving forward. I don't want them moving backwards. And that's what you see a lot of from Oso Dizu. And I don't want to hear, oh, will he? I, I, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear... Where is it at? He's just playing the backups, bro. Because he wasn't. These were the starters for Seattle. <laughs> like They played their starters to start off the game. So I don't want to hear this talk about, he just played the backups. It's not that impressive. They he didn't. He didn't play the backups. He played the starters. Okay? God damn, man. So annoying. I, I didn't mean to use the Lord's name in vain there. I, I I just I get really frustrated with some of the narrative on the internet. Like you didn't watch the game. Shut up. Shut your mouth. You didn't watch the game. See, I'm not nice, man. I'm not nice here. Here's the thing. I don't work for an entity. I don't work for a company when it comes to me talking about sports. I'll tell I'll tell trolls to shut up because I'm my own boss when it comes to this. I don't work for anybody. I mean, I do, I do work for people. Like I, 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 you know, I'm on PSF, make sure to go check it out. And, and I'm going to be doing something with Pyre's Choice. So I do work under those entities, but those entities give me the freedom to tell you to shut up if, if, if something that you say doesn't make sense. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that freedom and tell you to shut up. <laughs> I'm not nice, man. I'm not nice to stupid people or, 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 I shouldn't say that. I'm not nice to ignorant people. I'm not nice to ignorant people, man. I'm not. And and I, and I won't be nice to ignorant people. Because you go out there and you beat your chest acting like you're right when, you, when you're saying something, but you're completely wrong. So I'll call you stupid. I have no problem doing that. It, it's actually quite fun to do that. It actually, like, because I do have some, like, pent-up frustration. And being able to say stuff like that to certain people actually... You know, it relieves some of that frustration and gets some things off my chest. I enjoy, I enjoy doing it. But um, now, yeah, Osa, uh, 
he looked good, man. He looked good. I think that this is a guy that's going to, I think he's going to break out and be in that top 10 defensive tackle conversation. Like I said earlier, I, I think that this is his year to really be that force on the interior that the Cowboys have been looking for for quite some time now. So big things in store for Oso Digizua, no doubt about it. Sam Williams, another one, man. Two drives in this game, and the guy had like a sack and a play that only got one yard for the Seahawks. He was able to make a play at the line of scrimmage where I like seeing my defensive lineman make plays at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. Those are the two two places I want you making plays at. I don't want you making plays three yards down the field. Three yards and, and plus. I want to see you making plays three yards and under. So, uh, Sam, it's another guy, man. Like, if the cow, if if he's able to break out, the Cowboys got somebody on their hands. Like, no doubt about it, they got somebody on their hands if if he's able to break out. Um, Fahoko, another guy that that showed some things throughout the course of this game. Uh, fourth round pick, defensive end. I liked his work at defensive end more than I like his work at three technique, to be honest with you, even though I think that he he had some good reps at three technique. Um, you know, I'm, I, I would prefer him to stay at defensive end. Uh, just the way I look at it, I would prefer him to stay at defensive end. I think you already have enough defensive tackles as it is. I know that's more of a future thing. But again, I just think he works better at the uh, at the edge. I think that he would. And, and granted, you do have a lot of defensive ends as well. <laughs> let, let, let me make that clear. But th- this is ultimately why I wasn't necessarily a fan of the pick. And like, yes, I like what he showed during this preseason game. But I'm still not necessarily a fan of this pick. I think that there were other positions that you probably needed to address over defensive end. I mean, I, I think you have a bunch of defensive ends as it is. I mean, granted, when you look at it, though, what position could they have? A, uh, maybe offensive line, but then they ended up drafting Awesome Richards in the fifth round and that addressed you know, that need. But maybe you double down on offensive line. I, I would have preferred them double down or doubling down on offensive line rather than picking up Volemi uh, Fioco. I, he showed some good things, but I just I, I think that you could have used that somewhere else. I really do, you know. So uh, some good stuff from him, both in uh, pass rush and in run defense. We expected him to be a good run defender, uh, but ultimately, you know, he became um, somebody that I think could be a good pass rusher as well in the league. Maybe not a great one, but a good one. Isaiah Land, another guy like you're gonna have trouble getting this guy on your on your uh, 53-man, or you're gonna have problems getting this guy on the practice squad. Like I think that this guy can potentially make the 53-man roster, and ultimately you do want to build a roster that's best set to win this year. But a guy like Isaiah Land, I think, can help you for years to come. Like I think that this guy is going to be a really good player in this league. I think that the Cowboys found one, and if I'm the Cowboys, I'm doing everything that I possibly can to get this guy on the roster because I think that he could potentially be a really good player uh, for this team. When we go to the sideline view, a few guys that I want to talk about. One, Marquise Bell did some good things, no doubt about it. Marquise Bell uh, has a knock for the ball, and so so does Wanye Thomas. Wanye Thomas did some good things as well. I know he had that that boneheaded penalty that, you know, we wish we could have had back. But at the same time, you know, I think both these guys do a really good job of reading, flocking to the ball, reacting. You know, they do a lot of really good things 
uh, both Wanye Thomas and Marquise Bell. I, I think they're probably going to have to make a, a choice between one of these two. Uh, I would go Bell over Thomas. Uh, even, you know, I know that they've been talking up Marquise Bell for the past two off seasons here. So I believe that ultimately that's the direction that they're going to go. Uh, that being uh, keeping Marquise Bell and keeping five safeties on this team, you know, because is Israel McQuam, who's a safety that kind of does both, but I think that they probably keep Marquise Bell. I, I think that's the decision they're going to make. And, and and you hope that Wanye Thomas can get through waivers because I think the guy can play. I think he can flat out play. And like, if I'm another team, one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to look at a team like Dallas, who is very well coached on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to try and poach as many players as I can from that team. And I'm going to try and claim as many people off waivers as I can, because that is a well-coached unit that the Cowboys have. These are well-coached players. These are good players as well. And uh, if I'm a team, I'm claiming as many players off their, off their defense as I possibly can. So um, some good stuff from Wanye Thomas, some good stuff from uh, Marquise Bell and uh, Izzy, you know, like my thing is with Izzy is I believe that the Cowboys are giving him a lot of reps due to the fact that, um, I think that they want to give him different looks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there is a role for him on this team. Like, hey, if we're going up against a big slot receiver, we want you playing in the slot. We think that you can handle those guys. But let's see what you do against a Jackson Smith and Jigba, a guy who's a little more shifty than the average guys that that you tend to succeed against. Like, I'm perfectly fine with experimenting with Israel McQuam, and I think that's what they're doing here. Like when you say see him play into the fourth quarter, I think it's because of that. I think it's because of, hey, let's see what this guy can do. Uh, let's let's put him in certain situations that he hasn't been in before and that we haven't necessarily tried him in, and let's see how he uh, reacts to that. So, you know, I'm not necessarily concerned with Israel McQuam. I mean, this guy is what? Six months removed from locking down Chris Godwin in a playoff game. So, yeah, I'm not ultimately I'm not concerned by that. Kelvin Joseph has shown some good things in in preseason as well. This is a guy that has moved into slot corner now. I haven't I didn't necessarily see him play on the outside. Look, whatever you get from Kelvin Joseph at this point is ultimately what you end up getting. And this guy does contribute on special teams. I think he's a bit overrated on special teams. I do. I mean, this guy had six special teams penalties. But uh, I mean, overall, you know, he's not a he's 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 a good special teams player. And I think that that might be the difference between them keeping in a Sean Wright and them keeping a Calvin Joseph. I think that that's if if I'm the coach and I have a uh, a question about, huh, should I keep Nashawn Wright or should I keep Calvin Joseph? Well, I don't think that there's much of a difference in in uh, in what they do as cornerbacks. I don't think that there's much of a difference. Maybe Nashawn writes a little better, but this guy gives me better work on special teams. So I think that might be the difference between the two. But ultimately, you know, I don't think that it was a bad day in the office for the defense. You know, definitely showed some things. I mean, uh, at the same time, like their second team unit did go up against Seattle's first team unit and held them to three points. I mean, if you were listening to the commentary team, you would swear that the this team gave up 35 points, 40 points, but they didn't, you know, they, they had a, overall, they had a pretty good game. So 
Shout out to the defense. Uh, a lot of, I, I think, a lot of positives coming from this defense from when it comes to individual performances. And uh, yeah, get off Twitter and, and and stop stop buying into the Mozzie Smith is a bust after two preseason games. But that's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. If you haven't already, guys, make sure to like this video. I would greatly appreciate that. We got to get more than one like if we have over 120 views on this video. No doubt about it. So if you could, I would greatly appreciate that. If you're watching this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make sure to leave a five-star review. You don't need to go in-depth with your review. Just go on there, click five stars, and that would be greatly appreciated. That helps us get the podcast out there. Uh, You guys are the best. Um, it is Wednesday. We are two days closer to Friday and we are, uh, one day closer to the NFL season. I think it starts in two weeks from now and two weeks from now, we're going to be watching the Lions and the Chiefs. I have no idea why that's the opening night matchup. I think that the Chiefs are going to drop 40 points on the Lions and it's not going to be an entertaining game. Like literally out of all the matchups that you can come up with, like Chiefs Eagles would have been a great matchup for, for week one. For that Thursday night game, do what you did back in uh, 2016 when you had the Panthers and the Broncos. That was a great opening night matchup. That would have been a great opening night matchup, Eagles versus the Chiefs. And it, it, all, it also would have been great to see the Eagles catching out on week one because, you know, over the past few seasons, we've been drawing, we drew Tampa Bay the last two uh, seasons um, for our week one matchup and, and we lost them both times. I mean, granted Tampa Bay at the beginning of this season was way better than Tampa Bay by the end of the season. So, you know, it would be great to, uh, to see the Eagles have a tough matchup to start their, uh, year and them catching out and us to get off on the right foot. I mean, I just, I, I enjoy watching the Eagles lose as it is. It's one of my favorite things, uh, when it comes to football, watching the Cowboys win is number one, watching the Eagles lose is number two. So with that being said, uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.